you are showing that and delivering that love to every person you come across. That is so important. Don't forget that every little action you do, um, we greatly value and thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Welcome to Compassion, Courage, Consolation, Voices for St. Vincent's during COVID-19. In this podcast, we're talking to people who love St. Vincent's, love our staff and love the service we provide in health and aged care. We're doing this to support our compassion for one another and those we serve, bolster our courage in this extraordinary time and provide consolation amidst the challenges we're facing. And whilst prepared for St. Vincent's, we're sharing this series with anyone who might find it helpful. If you're joining us from outside of our services, consider yourself part of the family. You're very welcome indeed. My name is Dan Fleming. I lead ethics and formation for St. Vincent's. And in this episode, it gives me great joy to welcome John Willis, who leads Inclusive Health for St. Vincent's. John, it's great to have you here. Thank you for your time. Could I start by asking you, what, what concerns do you have for the people who you and your team have a special focus on serving and are committed to through your work at St. Vincent's at this time? Thanks, Dan. Look, for us, our focus has always been on those at, at the margins in our community and in our society, those that have struggled with addictions, mental health, those that are in prison. Uh, and and others. For us at this time, because those those folks that we're caring for in our health services and our outreach services are already isolated, already already find it difficult mm-hmm. to engage in many things during this COVID nineteen epidemic, where social um, social distancing and the the need to self isolate are becoming more common, it's even harder for these people to connect and get the care that they might need. Mm. So for us and the people working in our teams um, at the coalface in our hospitals, and we, we're hearing this on a daily basis, making sure that we can care for the for those that are most vulnerable and are most vulnerable to this particular condition mm. that, uh, that this particular um, crisis is hitting. It's so, so important that we think through and work out ways that we can care for them in, a, in an extra special way. And that thinking is going on right now. And the energy and the positive nature that people are going about their work is is extraordinary, but it is very intense time. Yeah, and John, you made a point to me just the other day about the whole phenomenon of self-isolation and so on and the criteria, the very good criteria which are written up for people to self-isolate. But there are certain groups who we're focused on in St Vincent, such as those who are homeless, uh, who can't possibly fulfil those criteria. Mm. Well, that's right. I mean, if you, you don't have a home to go to or your home, it's impossible you share a room with someone, you can't mm. um, isolate yourself. So that's where our um, our wonderful people at the front line are thinking through options. So we're looking at um, using some of our private hospital beds, um, potentially um, hotels. Um, there's um, an opportunity in Victoria where there's a, a service that a, a, um, one of our partner agencies has that we might be able to set up, mm. um, which we're currently setting up at the moment. So I think what, what this pandemic has done is it made us think more creatively and how we might care for everyone. Yeah. Um, and, I, and in some ways, I, this, this is a positive thing. Um, and, and in some ways, the way, for example, the, Victoria, the, the Australian government's up the um, social security or the um, unemployment benefit so it can actually be useful for, for more people. I wish mm. they'd leave that level 
be great. But this this idea of how we look, we care for everyone. We can't leave anyone behind. And I, I think that that's that's a wonderful energy we can have. One of the positives out of a very very difficult situation. Yeah, John. And taking a step back from our current situation and thinking of this as a moment in time where St Vincent's is called to act and called to respond. You've been in the organisation for a long time. Is there a story from St Vincent's that you love which brings to life those themes of compassion, courage and consolation which we're focusing on in this series? Look, there is a wonderful story of a, of a patient that went through um, the homeless service in Melbourne, which I, which I recall. It's actually written up as, a, as an article in our current parody magazine, and it keeps coming back to me. It's, uh, I, I think, the um, pseudonym or the name, um, not his real name, was Sam, um, where he had a history of, um, was brought up in a family where the father was a drinker and was abusive, they lived in the eastern suburbs of Melbourne. And he talks about living in his, his teenage years and his early 20s where taking drugs and drinking a lot was um, sort, of, sort of cool and sort of okay, but then it just became a huge problem. And as his life developed, he developed um, depression and anxiety um, quite acutely and was found you know, really difficult to maintain any kind of study or job. He, um, and his paranoia increased. So when he came in contact with some V's and he met the staff in the emergency department and then, and then through um, our Paul House, our withdrawal service, he finally had, I, I think where, the way he expressed it was that people actually believed in him mm. and believed that he, was, he could make it, you know, he could change his life and that he was valuable. And he, he talked, and then uh, through his life, this is when he was in his 50s, um, after a lot of time in and out of jail and all those, that the horrible story and history that he had of his life. But what I think the really poignant thing of our people was that they, they believed in him. Um, they, they actually felt that he was, they were really concerned about his welfare. So they actually put, it, put him under what was known as a mandated alcohol treatment program mm. at DePaul House because they were so concerned for him. And he, really started to feel that the, the difference was that these people um, felt that he was important. He was valuable as wow. himself. And, I, and that, that true value in that person, no matter how complex, difficult their story, wherever they've come from, that, that for, um, there's, a number, there's another story in Sydney, the same, where, where one, of the, one of the patients said, uh, I, I just feel valued. And I, wow. you guys are my family. Mm. That kind of idea of that connection yeah. um, to someone who's kept everyone away from them because of their behaviour, their substance use, mm. um, their mental health. That's the kind of thing that I think makes St V's what it is. Um, that, and those sort of things are, you know, compassion, courage, yeah. or to stay engaged with someone who's not very well. Uh, but believing in every person being yeah. truly valuable. Yeah, and it's amazing, isn't it, how that, that the compassion for the, the human person, whoever they are, whatever situation they're in, whatever their life story, however difficult that is, drives us into this kind of courageous action on their behalf and courageous action in partnership with them, uh, which, which simply isn't possible in many other contexts. And thinking about that, that theme of consolation and, and how stories such as this can console us at this time when we're called into um, even more challenging 
care contexts uh, to continue to bolster our courage in this moment, that this is in, in our, our DNA. John, I wanted to um, change tack just a little bit and say, hear a little bit about your own story. And you spent a lot of your life accompanying, caring for and leading initiatives which focus on care of those who are often forgotten by others, including people uh, like the two stories you just mentioned. Um, and you've done this as well during some very hard and very trying times where resources are scarce, no one seems to have the energy and so on. What gives you, you personally, the courage to continue in this work? Good question, Dan. For me, <clears throat> there's a number of times um, in my life where I've seen um, situations that are, have seen have seemed absolutely hopeless. Um, I, I think of one particularly was a domestic violence situation when I was working on a, a remote Aboriginal community where one of the women came to me and said, I, I, I just need some help. Um, my husband's beating me. And I remember thinking I, where the, the, the particular situation was that I, of course, I, I did all those things and asked, you know, how we could fill in paperwork and set out a, you know, uh, of some kind of legal process to help keep us safe and so forth. But within the particular context there, it was really, um, it, it, those sort of normal legal systems just didn't work. And I felt quite helpless. I think what helps me in these situations is that to, to, give, to give what I can give mm. um, and, be, and, and allow that to, to do whatever it can, but trust, I suppose that because um, of my faith background, to trust that, that God will hold this, whether it, even if it goes badly, mm. um, and, and it, hopefully it doesn't, but even if it doesn't go so well for that person and that situation, to believe that there's a greater, a greater power or something that's beyond me, I can't control this. Mm. So it's a bit of a freedom to give over um, control. And it is when these situations like the one we're in now, where it seems out of control, Mm. We don't know where it's going to go. We hear all this stuff that, from what's happening overseas and you know countries that are further ahead on the curve. I think trusting that in, in uh, so my faith would give, allow me to say, God, I hand this over to you. Wow. It's not a uh, I'm going to do nothing. Yeah, I still do whatever I can to contribute and be part of um, caring for people and uh, the situation and addressing the situation, but a sense of this is beyond me. Yeah, and I I think my faith has allowed, and I do this on a daily basis, where I just sit quietly and spend time with Jesus and to basically ask if there's something for me to respond, please show me. But otherwise, I I hand this situation to you for your care. Mm. So yeah. That's where I, I suppose that that's where I try and seek consolation from, and that 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 God is in this with us. And that also seems to give you the courage to get up tomorrow morning and keep going. Absolutely, it's it it is it is something for, and it is the the, the long fight, or the you know the long the, the long distance thing for me here is that there's an intensity right now. But we do need to be present tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And and I think the Sisters of Charity and the history of this organisation, we look back and they just went one day at a time. There were some horrific, you know, situations they faced even very early on in um, Mary Aikenhead's ministry where she lost a couple of sisters in the mm. very early stages when they contracted 
a disease that was untreatable um, back back in you know the 19th century. So that 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 sort of idea of yes, there's going to be some huge problems and huge issues, but how can we just be present each day, even though we don't feel like being there, just turning up and being yeah. present. Yeah. John, final question for you, because I know you have to go and get back to things shortly. What do you want our staff to know at this time? You've got the opportunity to give them a message. What is that message at this time? Oh, look, Dan, for all you guys out there um, in the front line, particularly in the front line, but for everyone who's involved in continuing to ha um, keep St Vincent's running, um, you know, finance, um, you name it, people in the back room. But one big message would be we're in this together. And we, I suppose that those that are like myself who aren't actually at the front line, we just, we want to know, we would like you to know that we're with you. We're praying for you. We feel for how challenging it must be for you and your families when you're facing infection and exposure um, that may, you may feel very uncomfortable with. But just like you to know that we're everything that you do and for every patient you see, every little interaction of consolation to that, that person and their family is so important at this time. That that love that, that, that God shows all of us and can be engaged, you know, can be available to all of us, you are showing that and delivering that love to every person you come across. That is so important. Don't forget that every little action you do um, we greatly value and thank you from the bottom of our hearts. John Willis, thank you so much for being with us. A pleasure. You've been listening to Compassion, Courage, Consolation. Voices for St Vincent's during COVID-19. This podcast series has been developed by St Vincent's Health Australia. For more information about St Vincent's, visit www.svha.org.au. The music for this podcast comes from Kevin McLeod. His track, Bittersweet, let us in, and you can hear his track, Touching Moments, one now. Kevin's website is incompetech.filmmusic.io, and the music is brought to you under the Creative Commons 4.0 licence. All of this information and more is provided in the text accompanying this podcast. Thanks for listening. <laughs>